This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It is, of course, Dave Stadman Roberts. Dave, hi. How are you? Hello. I was starting to get um, withdrawal symptoms. It's been, <laughs> been a while, hasn't it? It really has. It's not, not only that it's been a while, we've recorded about 45 preview shows that haven't yet been aired because the games keep getting cancelled. Um, but we are back. We have got a preview show. We're actually going to be playing a Premier League game of football this weekend, guys. And we are We're confident. Here. We are very confident. And we are here to bring you all the news and all the stats ahead of that game. But just because we like to spoil you even more... We have a guest. We are, you know, you know, we normally like to bring you an opposition view and it's usually pre-recorded and we slot it in and everything's fine. Well, no, 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 no. Tonight, listeners, we have our opposition view live in the studio who will be joining us throughout the whole preview show. And it is a name that you will know because he is a friend of the show. He is, of course, our very good friend, Jason McKenna from PremierInjuries.com. Jason, welcome back. It's lovely to have you. It's always a pleasure to to come on and chat things. Clarets, Burnley uh, and Arsenal as well. It, I just always say this probably every time people know what I'm going to say. I wish I could come on and uh, not have the worry that I'm going to spoil things for Burnley because <laughs> we, we do have a fairly good record against you guys. But then last season, you did upset us and you know, obviously, I don't like seeing Arsenal lose, but at the same time, I had a wry smile because I thought of, of you two. <laughs> See, look at that, listeners. We like to cherry pick our guests. We don't, we don't. I think, do you remember that time, Dave, that we got an opposition view from a Wolves podcast and they were really mean about us? They were, they came on as our guest to give an opposition view and they were scathing for about five minutes, talked about what a disgrace we were and how they just, it was our turn to go out of the league. I think that might, even might have been the year we qualified for Europe and it was like, Okay, we're not having you back on again. So, lessons learned. We now have good, friendly fans on our show. Um, well, Jason will be joining us throughout the, the opposition view, so obviously we'll bring him in, and he's just 
come in to, to keen to listen to some of the uh, the stats as well for that Arsenal game. But before we get on to that, we do, of course, have a quiz question to give you the answer to. Now, quite frankly, listeners, I can't even remember what the last question was that we gave you. It was that long ago and it was it must have been, oh, well, goodness knows. But I believe from the magic that is my show script in front of me that the last preview show, we asked you which members of the current Burnley squad are also former players of Leeds United. Dave, what a stinker that was. I think you might have uh, scuppered a few fans there. So, number one, what was the answers? And number two, did we get any correct correct submissions? Uh, yeah, well, the correct answer was actually four players, or at least it was when the question was set, because obviously we are going back ah. a little time. This, this was the... Um, preview show we put out on New Year's Day, which was for the oh, wow. uh, Leeds United <laughs> away game, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those four players were uh, Chris Wood, who's now departed, but at the time we set the question, he was one of them. Um, and obviously that's been discussed in more detail in our last analysis show. And the other three players were uh, Charlie Taylor, uh, Aaron Lennon, and the one that seemed to catch most people out, which was uh, Bailey Peacock-Farrell. Ah. Uh, still on Bernie's books, despite being out on loan for the season at Sheffield Wednesday. And we did receive some answer submissions for this quiz question. Uh, quite a few of you got in touch to give us three of the names. Uh, but once again, it was quiz regular Jan Gesileski who emailed us with all four names. So well done to Jan and to anyone else who knew but didn't get in touch. Indeed. Well, listeners, do not fret because you don't need to wait much longer for another quiz question. You just need to stay tuned till the end of the show and we will be setting you another stinker, no doubt, for this week. Premier League head-to-head. But in the meantime, we have a preview show to get along with. So let's get straight on to that. The Clarets are back in Premier League action this weekend. It is Arsenal away, uh, Sunday the 23rd of January. It's a 2pm kickoff, not televised anywhere live in the UK. Dave, let's kick us right off looking at the history of this fixture, please, starting with previous Premier League meetings. Yeah, Arsenal are another one of those teams which Burnley have played in each and every one of our previous seven Premier League seasons, uh, which is perhaps no surprise as they are the longest serving team in the English top flight. Um, Since moving from Highbury for the start of the 2006-07 season, the Gunners have played their home games at Ashburton Grove, or the Emirates, as it's more commonly known, due to the current stadium naming rights deal, which is in place until at least 2028. Um, Prior to last season, uh, Burnley had only tasted tasted defeat on our Premier League trips to this particular part of North London, um, as well as an FA Cup exit in January 2016. But all that changed on a December evening in 2020. Um, After the host reduced to 10 men, due to the antics of Granit Xhaka, uh, we finally tasted victory in a Premier League match at Arsenal, and that was thanks to an own goal. Um, It was only one of a handful of matches last season which wasn't played behind closed doors. Uh, That was one of the trial games. Uh, 2,000 Arsenal fans were permitted to be there, although perhaps they were wishing they'd stayed at home when Ashley Westwood's in-swinging corner glanced off the head of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and sailed over the head of Bernd Leno and into the net. Uh, We held on for the uh, remaining 17 minutes for a well-earned victory and all three points. And we'll be hoping that Burnley can repeat the trick again this Sunday for what will be our first away win in the Premier League of this season. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, I think Jess and Martin can say about that in a minute. Memory Man! 
match. Um, memory match then, please. Which one have you selected for this? Uh, well, yeah, I've gone back in time on this one just for a change. We're going to go way back in actual fact to Burnley's 1959-60 title winning season. Um, although we didn't realise it then, an unlikely comeback against Arsenal at Highbury in a match which took place in December 1959 was just one result among many which kept the Clarets in with a chance of winning the league. Uh, we eventually did that at Main Road the following May. Um, in terms of the game... Um, Arsenal actually took a 2-0 lead into half-time. Um, Adam Blacklow failed to hold a shot from Joe Haverty and the ball went in off the far post to give him the lead in the 39th minute. And then following a free kick just outside the box, uh, Jimmy Bloomfield chipped his shot in, although there was a little bit of help from Jackie Henderson uh, with a bit of a push on the wall, according to the uh, match reports I've read. That was after 43 minutes and Arsenal went in 2-0 up. Um, in the first half as well, Jimmy McElroy had had an injury. He, he, he was carrying an injury from about the 15th minute. He had to leave the field for uh, about a quarter of an hour, came back on and wasn't quite the same player. Uh, but in the second half, Burnley made a comeback. Uh, penalty was awarded when Jack Kelsey brought down Brian Miller. Uh, McElroy, as we said, was uh, carrying an injury. So Jimmy Adamson took the spot kick and scored to pull one back. Um, and then we had a, a John Kennelly masterclass. Uh, he scored three goals in 15 minutes. Uh, he was in the right place at the right time, uh, got three goals, uh, and Burnley won the match 4-2. So, yeah, it was certainly an impressive turnaround to be trailing two goals at half-time and then come back to score four announcer goals in a devastating 20-minute spell in the second half. Uh, writing his match report in the Sunday People, Ralph Hadley couldn't quite believe what he had seen, but blamed Arsenal's jittery defence and, in particular, the mistakes of goalkeeper Jack Kelsey. However, he did reserve some praise for Burnley, and in particular, the hat-trick hero, John Kennelly. Very much so. On this day! Um, what about on this day? What's happened previous years on the 23rd of January? Yeah, well, as always, we look back on the uh, matches played in the past on this date, and there have been 16 Burnley matches played on the 23rd of January in the past, and Burnley have managed five victories. Uh, the story starts with a 3-1 away win at Anfield, uh, as Burnley knocked Everton out of the FA Cup. Yes, that was their home ground back then. Um, and it was followed up 12 years later with a 2-1 home win in the league match against Preston North End. Uh, Burnley remained unbeaten in our next three matches played on the 23rd of January. Uh, they were a goalless draw at West Brom in 1909, a 3-1 home win over Spurs in 1915, and a 2-2 draw with West Ham at Turf Moor in 1926. Uh, the run came to an end after a 1-0 home defeat, that was to Charlton, in 1932. But five years later, in 1937, Burnley returned to winning ways with a 3-0 home victory over Bradford City. Um, our first two post-war matches on this day were both goalless draws. They were in away matches against West Brom at the Hawthorns in 1954 and 1960. And then in 1965, uh, we travelled to um, West Ham. Um, and interestingly, it was uh, two defensive errors from future manager John Bond, uh, which gifted Burnley two goals. Uh, but they came back. Uh, John Bond scored one himself and they won the game 3-2. Uh, we then had a wait of 17 years before another match on this date. That was a 1-0 defeat in a fourth round FA Cup tie at Shrewsbury in 1982. Uh, Chick Bates scored the only goal. 
And although we reduced 10 men after just nine minutes at Mansfield in 1993, uh, we took the lead through John Pender, although we had to settle for a draw when Steve Charles headed a late equaliser from a corner. Burnley's fifth and final victory on the 23rd of January was at Millwall in 1999. Goals from Andy Cook and Steve Davis gave us a 2-0 lead, and despite Richard sadly pulling one back, we managed to hang on for all three points. Since then, we drew 1-1 in an FA Cup replay with Scunthorpe United at Glanford Park before going out on penalties. Uh, Stan Turner was livid in his post-match interview with the way he was treated by the stewards as he tried to speak with the referee after the game. Uh, the home side, of course, were managed by Brian Laws. Uh, that just leaves two more games, which were both Burnley defeats. In 2007, we lost 1-0 to Stoke City at Turf Moor with Mamadi Sidibe scoring the only goal. And in 2010, we were knocked out of the FA Cup at Reading as a result of a late Gilfie Sigurdsson goal. Whatever happened to him? Uh, so to summarise, our overall record for the 23rd of January is played 16, won five, drawn six and lost five, with 19 goals for and 15 against. Scouting report! Well, Dave, that concludes the history of this particular fixture, but let's move right up to the present, kicking us off with our scouting report, please. Yeah, despite being under pressure at the start of the season due to Arsenal's uh, poor uh, poor start to the uh, campaign, uh, Mikel Arteta retained the confidence of the board and even won the Premier League Manager of the Month uh, award for uh, September. However, he will need to deliver a significant improvement across the entire season and do much better than their eighth place finish from the last campaign. They're currently in sixth. They're behind City rivals Chelsea, West Ham and Spurs, but there's still plenty of time to improve before the season is due to finish in May. The Gunners have yet to make use of the January transfer window with their own activity being outgoing players on loan. But as we know, the last few days before the deadline are usually when most of the interesting transfers take place. So don't rule anything out just yet. Uh, Arteta's con formation in recent matches. Uh, their most recent game was the Carabao Cup semi-final second leg, and that was on Thursday evening, which saw them knocked out by Liverpool 2-0 on aggregate. Unusual to second-guess opposition lineups, with the increased number of absences due not only to COVID cases, but also injuries, suspensions and the African Cup of Nations. So I'll leave it to uh, someone much better placed than me to predict the lineup shortly. Uh, what we do know is that Granite Jacker is still suspended and joining him is Thomas Party, who came back from AFCON only to be sent off against Liverpool. Uh, Mohamed Elneny and Nicolas Pepe are both still away on AFCON duty and injuries to Cedric Suarez and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang mean they won't be available. Uh, Callum Chambers and Bernd Leno have both been sidelined and remain doubts with neck and back injuries respectively. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe is Arsenal's top goal scorer in the Premier League so far this season with eight followed by Bukayo Saka, who scored six. Uh, they both score highly in terms of FPL points, with Saka on 93, uh, leading the way ahead of Smith-Rowe on 88. Uh, goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale is in third place with 84 points. Opposition view. Well, this feels like a very good time to bring in Jason to uh, summarise. Uh, it's all good and well with all those stats and those facts there, Jason, but you know Arsenal way better than we do. Um, so I guess, God, over to you. Well, you know, How do you think the season's going? How do you feel about Arteta? What's going on with all your red cards? Come on, share your knowledge. Well, 
Yeah, it's been an interesting season as an Arsenal fan, highs and lows. Uh, and I think a little bit later, we're going to talk about probably the start of the season, COVID cancellations and everything. So I won't spoil anything for that. But like uh, Dave has kind of said, it was a really difficult start to the season. But what I've really been impressed by is, is kind of almost excluding that maybe naughty bit of data there, you know, game weeks one to four. And then looking beyond there, when we had our best team together, there's some fantastic, really uplifting data, you know, looking from that game week four period, we've had the fourth best defense in terms of XG conceded, third best for goals conceded, and second best for clean sheets since then. So I think we've really turned the corner maybe defensively, which is one thing that a lot of people have criticised Arsenal for a long while. So I do have to give praise where praise is due to Arteta. And the interesting thing as well is maybe in games where it's been boring, we haven't created a lot of chances, at least we weren't losing them to uh, annoying goals like we have done in previous seasons. Um, also, Ramsdale, outstanding. As, as Dave has kind of said there, the data has been kind of so positive for him and what has been amazing to me is he's got the second best xg prevented of all goalkeepers since he has joined in game week four only jose sar has better data than him maybe the slight blot on the papers goal scoring but interestingly enough again i want to spin it positive that maybe we have found our best team since unfortunately oh, wow. the falling out of a bamiang coming out of the yeah. side i think since then, we've looked a lot, lot better, especially in the press. I think the team has been much more on the front foot. Maybe that youthfulness of the side has been fully allowed to flourish because Lacazette has been in there as, as kind of a false nine, target forward, you know, making play, uh, linking the midfield and attack a lot better than a, a, what Aubameyang was doing. Maybe he isn't scoring as many goals as, as a forward should be at Arsenal, but he's been outstanding Lacazette in the last few games. And Erdegaard has really come into his own as well. He had a, a bit of a shaky season last year with a few injury incidents, but now since game week four, he's been the seventh best chance creator in the Premier League as well. So, I would say there's a lot of positives at Arsenal. We're, we're coming into form at the right time of the season towards the second half. Hopefully the fact that we don't have Europe, we don't have other distractions now um, in terms of the FA Cup, Carabao Cup. I'm trying to look at that as a positive that yeah. we will not have unnecessary injuries towards the end of the season. But I also do have some interesting stats on Burnley as well, which Ooh. might be positive as well. But yeah, overall, I would say Arsenal positives there and we can get on to the starting 11 uh, in a little bit as well excellent well don't be teasing us with Burnley stats to share please <laughs> <laughs> okay so one of the first things that I will say obviously again working with Bennett Premier Injuries we maybe we should have a drinking game or, or get a pound every time Sean Dyche says this but he loves saying touch and go I don't know if you've seen oh my this, god don't don't get me started on I, I love Dash and I honestly and his very progressive um, business approach to a football coaching role has always impressed me but the the phrases it's got to stop I know yeah, drive me insane <laughs> I mean Dave how many times do you think he said touch and go this season a rough estimate 
Well, I, I wouldn't know an actual number, but I do know what touch and go means. Touch and go means they're not actually going to play. So we Yeah, it means if they're out for in. three months, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the months of touch and go, right, we'll see you next season. See ya. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, how many how many games have we played? 17 touch and goes. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 22. Ooh, that is good. I, I don't know the actual number, but I'm just saying like... <laughs> oh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do the the numbers, but just from us, like here at Premier Injuries, it's it's almost like it's every game week, and it's amazing. Yeah. But um, some of the things that I've noticed in terms of the data, um, I don't know if this is sacrilegious, but Nick Pope maybe has lost his way. He's got a minus six point one xG prevented for the season, and, and that's quite upsetting because he's been the kind of go to man for so many seasons. Um, but the positives, like I said, I wanted to bring some positivity here. Uh, first of all, the XG conceded of the team per 90 is only um, 13th in the Premier League. So it's not, oh, okay. no, it's not, it's not even relegation flirtatious no. levels. It is quite good. Um, but the XG per 90 is third worst. But what I always say is the teams with the worst attacks don't always get relegated, but the teams with the worst defences do. So the XG difference per 90 of the side would suggest that you can probably get out of this relegation battle and can see you through. But also another thing, you know, uh, with Chris Wood leaving the club, um, there's there's a great phrase from Italian manager slash dead ball specialist Walter Zenger, who said set pieces are a 20 goal a season player that doesn't get injured. And looking at Burnley, <laughs> you've always been quite good at set pieces. Your fifth best for XG for set pieces this season, but you're just underperforming that data. Maybe if you can start matching that, which you historically have done, you have the personnel to do so. Maybe you'll start scoring a few goals as well. So again, another positive there, you seem to have the capacity to do it. It's just maybe a bit of unluckiness. I don't know if uh, if either of you, Natalie, Dave, have reasons maybe why you haven't matched that XG in terms of set pieces. But apart from that, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an optimist for you. I, I think we can start with another uh, goal from a corner against Arsenal on Sunday. That would be a good start. <laughs> don't don't start on corners. Rich Steele, who's in um, not another team, who, who's a, a regular on the NLS show, goes mad about Burma's corners every single day. And it's just like if you get him on corners, everyone's like, uh oh, like hide. Um, I think I think it's really interesting to hear that, Jason. And I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think sometimes you can't ignore what's in front of you as well and um let's take nick pope you you're right he hasn't looked his usual best this season we suspect that a lot of that is down to the injury he didn't go to the uh to the england squad in the summer he didn't go to the euros because of that really um invasive knee operation he had to have and certainly for the first what four or five games dave he did look nervous um, so I think he's probably coming back from a very difficult injury because if he gets it again, he's probably done. So that's understandable. Um, but we, we've talked a lot on, the, on the, the, the podcast that we just think age is just catching up on us. We're not a young side. And, you know, you talk about set pieces, you talk about defence. It's just we're just that little bit slower than everybody else. We're just that little bit lacking in sharpness because that's just biology. You, you get older, you, you're not as quick as a 23-year-old you know, what's you know, midfielder who's worth fifty million. That's why they, they they earn that money. So yeah, I suspect that's probably what it is. Um, but I, one of the we 
it's really great to hear you say about the defence because we we flagged this maybe about six or seven weeks ago, didn't we, Dave? Where somebody had come on the show and said um, that, yeah, it, it tends to be the, the teams that can't um, stop the goals coming in that end up going down. And actually, if we're scoring goals, which we were at the time, we were scoring like three or four a game um, for, for a spell of about three weeks, but we, we're you know, not letting them in, then we might be all right. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I love it. Um, just very quickly then, before we, we move on to, to start looking at other things, Dave, who's the referee at the weekend? Who's going to be managing in the middle? Uh, we've got David Coote of Nottingham. He's been appointed for uh, Sunday's match. He took charge of our opening Premier League match this season. Uh, if you remember, that Brighton came from behind to win that 1-2-1. One, one. Didn't have the uh, the best of games there. I think you <laughs> it's perhaps an understatement. Uh, Burnley have won five of the previous 13 matches he's taken charge of. And although we were unbeaten in his first five matches in charge between... 2012 and 2015 in the championship. Uh, we've also had three wins from eight in more recent Premier League games. Also in London, as we beat Fulham 2-0 last season, although we somehow inexplicably failed to dismiss Fulham goalkeeper Alphonse Ariola despite a blatant handball outside his box, which denied an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. In fact, David Coote is yet to send off any player, home or away, in any of his 13 previous Burnley games. Uh, finally, for this section, Chris Kavanagh will be the video assistant referee on Sunday. Excellent. So you've now completely jinxed it. Um, we're going to see a, a load of red cards at the weekend. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Well, I know you're not going to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners, so why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let us have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, yeah, this week's stat relates to red cards, strangely enough. Uh, yeah. Attempts to dispel once and for all the ludicrous, dirty Burnley accusations from various quarters in the media and also some opposition fans to the dustbin, where they belong. Uh, Burnley's last red card was shown to Robbie Brady on the 2nd of January 2019. That's now over three years ago. Uh, this is by far the best disciplinary record of any team in the Premier League. Meanwhile, following recent sendings off for Granite Xhaka and also Thomas Partey more recently, uh, both of whom are suspended for this match, Arsenal players have been shown 14 red cards since Mikel Arteta took over as manager just over two years ago in December 2019. Um, I think I'll leave our listeners to draw their own conclusions from those stark facts. Yeah, indeed. Well, looking ahead to this game of the weekend, Dave, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm a bit nervous. Um, I think, I've said this before, I do think Burnley look tired and they look leggy when they've had a long spell out. I remember when we got back in that uh, game against, was it United or Leeds, whichever one it was at, at Christmas after three weeks out and even the commentators said they couldn't understand why we looked so tired and, and like, I do think we struggle when we've had a long gap. So um, in that sense, playing at home to Arsenal, a game we're not expected to get anything from, is probably a good one to get out of the system, isn't it? Is that different? Um, yeah, Maybe. yeah. A tri trip to Arsenal is a, a tricky one. It's always a difficult game. We've not had a good record there in the past. We had a, a good result there last season. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, it's a difficult one. I think it's going to be really difficult for the, the fact that the players who are there, some of them will be coming back. Uh, they will have had um, uh, you know recovery time from COVID, even though if it's not been serious, they still do have to recover from mm. that and get back into the swing with from a training point of view. So, um, but we're not the only team with that. Arsenal have had some of that themselves as well. So um, we just hope we can adapt to that better than uh, than the opposition. 
Yeah, do you want to give me a score prediction? Actually, do we have an injury list yet? Do we know who's in and out? Um, there's well, there's quite a lot with the COVID cases. I, that was kind of unknown when we did the um, uh, the last preview show, but then since then, um, we kind of know or can infer the fact that the players who have been out. We know that Charlie Taylor had had a knock in addition to COVID. Um, I think uh, Johan Berg Gudmundsson had also had COVID and an injury. Uh, the most of the other ones, other than Ashley Barnes coming back, virtual in, in the case of players coming back, and as I say, just have to try and adapt the best they can um, to coming back to um, uh, playing a game where they've not played for for so long. Yeah, difficult, very difficult. I have no idea who's going to be playing at the weekend. We'll see. It'll be exciting when we get the team sheet. Um, score prediction, then, please, Dave. Um, I'm going to go for a typical Roberts one-one draw. <laughs> that is Dave being defeated, Jason. Jason always does a draw when he just thinks we've got absolutely zero chance and we're going to get beat. It's the it's the Roberts draw. Um, who's going to score for Burnley then? I have to find it hilarious. You think we're going to score, Dave? Who's going to score for Burnley? Um, Ashley Westwood. Left field, love it. Jason, can we get a score prediction from you? <laughs> um. Oh goodness, uh, I feel bad, but I think it's going to be like a, a one or two naught for Arsenal. We just we we've got things together, uh, and I, I hope it's it's that kind of scoreline. I, I don't want anything more because, again, like I said, I like Bernie, but we've been pretty good at the back recently, yeah. um, and um, you know I don't want to go with a Roberts. Uh, draw as you said there. <laughs> but I will kind of say it will be a one or a, or a two naught. Yeah. Listen, please don't feel bad. We fully expect our guests. You've got to back your own team. That's what you're there for. And you should never not back your own team. So you have full support from the previous show for backing your boys. Bravo. So you should. Um, I'm going to go with a nil-nil. I'm feeling positive. I, we, we won't score because we've got nobody on the pitch who can score. So sorry, Ben, me. You're not getting ahead of this time. Um, but I think maybe we'll just manage to, to just throw 11 men behind the ball and just try and get a, a point that we need. So listeners, you know the drill by now. We want goal and score predictions, please. We want to know what the score will be, who's going to score and how they're going to score. Head, foot, right foot, left foot, backside. We don't care. Tell us how you think the goals are going to go in at the Emirates on Sunday. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, Dave, FPL update, second half of the show. This is a long show this week. We've got lots to talk about. Um, FPL, so we've had a disrupted couple of weeks, certainly in terms of preview shows and matches which never took place, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but we can now finally bring our listeners up to date with the latest FPL update following the completion of game week 22. So over to you, sir. What's been going on? Uh, yeah, it has been a little while since we've been able to provide a league update, but I can confirm the current top five managers in the overall known and ever league table before we go into this weekend's matches. Uh, they are in fifth place. We've got Adam Dennett is a climber to fifth place. Uh, we've got Luke Lambert in fourth, Jaden Fitton in third, uh, Jacob Sapwell in second, and then Joe Elliott is still leading the way just, just two points ahead in uh, first place on 1,449. Uh, we're now approaching the end of January, with the current round of matches being the last for this month, although this bizarrely includes Burnley's rearranged match against Watford on the following Saturday, the 5th of February, uh, which presumably also counted in with January. Uh, but the top three managers for January today, we've got D Hunter in third, 
We've got James Martin in second, and leading the way uh, is Adam Dennett. He's the uh, oh. manager of the month so far for January. No, it's how has he sneaked that in? He's Adam. he's sabotaging. He's sabotaging that one. So, Jason, for for your sake, he is um, he's part of the non NFT team. He, he sits in our analysis show, and he's a massive nut about um, FPL. And he decided to help me one week, sneaking around saying, "Look, Natalie, I'm going to give you all these hints and tips and everything." And they were shocking. Like, I ended up with no points. My player got sent off. It was all sorts. So I think that sneaky little devil's sabotaging it. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, what's been happening then in the um, mini league? Have we... Uh, not a lot. Um, Adam Dennett's had in a superb January, as we said. That means he stretched his lead in the podcast as mini league. He's got, I think, a 170-point lead on me in second place. Uh, but that's been the case for two months now. There's been no change, which is why I don't include this bit in every episode. Mm, excellent. Um, and what about the most recent team of the week? Uh, yeah, we do like to keep you up to date with the teams of the week and the best performing players for game week 22 were in a 4-5-1 formation. We had uh, Butland of Crystal Palace in goal. We had a back four, uh, Webster of Brighton, uh, Andy Robertson of Liverpool, uh, eight Nuri of Wolves and Cancelo in again for Manchester City. Uh, we had a midfield, uh, midfield we had uh, Fernandez of Manchester United, uh, Jack Harrison of Leeds, uh, Bergwin of Tottenham, uh, Greenwood, Manchester United, and uh, Ramsey of Aston Villa. And the lone striker was Harry King, coming back into form, getting some points there. And the highest score of all uh, was uh, Bruno Fernandes. He got 23 points for game week 22. Excellent. Um, well, Jason, this um, episode is going to air after this week's transfer deadline has got in, so you won't give uh, anybody else a chance to steal your ideas. So what's your strategy been for this game weekend? Have you got any potential stars on your side that you think are going to get you a lot of points? I think the interesting thing about this game week is that Watford have uh, a double, so a lot of people are kind of be looking at their players. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis is probably the one that I have gone for uh, in terms of it but I don't think many people are sleeping on him at the moment because he's uh, owned by 42% of people uh, in terms of it I, I don't think there's too many surprises and I think this in many ways is quite a fun game week because it's usual apart from the the Watford double up so literally you're just captaining people because they've got a good fixture rather than a, they've got a double up or anything like that so Maybe the differential that I have gone with is Kevin De Bruyne as my captain for this game week against Southampton, only 14% owned. And I think that he is Mr. Consistent. Manchester City are the consistent big boys as well. Uh, and when Salah returns to the Premier League, I think it's going to be De Bruyne and Salah kind of vying for the rest of the season as the, the players that you have to have in your team. So that's the kind of thing that I've... Uh, gone with at the moment and you know uh i do have my enemy as well harry kane in the side as well so. <gasps> <Ooh! laughs> I, I do wonder particularly like real massive fans of fpl how much it must because i the only time this ever comes up for me is when like rival players met their way into the england squad now luckily for us our major rivals are not going to have any players in the england squad for a long time but in the past when that's been the case it, it, that grates on me so i do wonder as an fpl manager how that bothers you can you put your desire to win an fpl league above 
everything that's ingrained in your brain about being an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I mean, this is maybe I'm a bad Arsenal fan. I don't know. <laughs> my, my dad definitely believes that as well. You know, he, he always says to me, like, uh, apart from if it's against Arsenal, then I would not uh, maybe captain. I, I might play them, which is really bad. But my, my kind of mentality there is, well, if something bad happens, then at least I have a positive outcome from it. But uh, usually I wouldn't captain against my own team and... Uh, I wouldn't be cheering them on. But there is like this this slight, you know, uh, two-sided to me. When I see Harry Kane scored, I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. But at the same time, I'm like, well, he's he's got me some good points. For <laughs> so, like, for example, with the Leicester game, I was both kind of chewing my nails off, hoping he wouldn't score and that they turned the game around. But at the same time, when it did happen, I was like, well at least I've profiteered from this in just a, a little bit of a way, you know, try to be positive about it as much as you can. <laughs> I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Good attitude to have. Um, well, when we finally bring you our third recorded Watford preview show, we won't be able to bring you an FPL update as that match is the final one for game week 23. So we'll have to see if we can bring you some alternative FPL content next time in place of the league updates. Statman Dave's quiz question. Um, Dave, as promised, we need to leave our listeners with this week's quiz question, please. Uh, yeah, we have a quiz question for you this week. Uh, former Burnley FC striker Chris Wood, uh, remember mm. him, um, had a bit of a reputation for being offside. But how many times was he flagged offside in Premier League games during his time at Burnley? Uh, clue, he made a hundred and well, not a clue, but a bit of a help for it. And um, he made 144 Premier League appearances with us before leaving to join Newcastle United. So how many times was he flagged offside in those 144 Premier League games? Well, that, that's easy. That's just a case of maths. He was offside at least 100 times for every single one of those games. So just <laughs> do the multiplier and you'll get it. Um, I'm going to submit my answer to Dave right after this recording. So listeners, um, well, Dave, how do they submit their questions? Was he wrong or right? Uh, yeah, get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any of these methods. You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no and never. Probably less of an issue this time because it's a bit of a guess one. So if we'd like to see a spread of uh, of guesses, uh, or you can email or you can reply to the post on the preview uh, for the preview show on either the known and never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. And we will reveal the correct answer in our next preview show, which looks like being the rearranged home game against Watford. Um, before we leave our lovely listeners to get on with their weekend, Dave, have we got any community news that we need to share? Any announcements? Uh, just the club have announced that the annual In Memoriam Day, which we've mentioned previously, had been planned for the uh, Leicester game, which was, of course, postponed. Uh, that's now moved and is taking place on the 8th of February. That's when we take on Manchester United at Turf Moor. Um, and also, interestingly, that game now, <laughs> unless there's any uh, rearranged fixtures oh. or further postponements, will be Burnley's 5,000th league game. So it'll be... Uh, oh, wow momentous occasion uh, in that respect as well uh, but that that uh, in memoriam day is a chance to uh, remember those we lost during the past 12 months so it's uh, obviously a, a poignant day for, uh, for for family and friends as well um, in terms of fixtures also um, we've now got three home games in nine days so uh, obviously that rescheduled game for Yay! Watford 
we play Watford at home, Manchester United at home, and then Liverpool at home. That's Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday. So that's three home games in, well, it's eight days, isn't it? If you, if you include, uh, yeah. So it's uh, some some home games, a chance, not not easy games, because obviously Manchester United and Liverpool will be uh, be difficult, as will Watford, um, but perhaps a chance to get some points at home before uh, before we go into some a couple of away games after that. Nine points. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Out of the relegation zone, up that table. Job done. Um, well, that's all we've got time for this week. I think we will leave it there on that positive note. I've got lots of people to thank who are all responsible for producing and getting this previous show out on the air. First, of course, to our very special guest and friend of the show, Jason McKenna. Um, Jason, your input is always absolutely superb. I feel like I get smarter when I do a preview show with you and Dave together it's like I've got stats coming from everywhere and it's like my brain absorbs it um why don't you leave us with a, a quick summary of where our listeners can get in touch and uh, and follow you that would be great uh well you can always look at my twitter but most of my work comes out through Ben's or the the Premier Injuries twitter so it's probably better to look at them so my twitter at jason underscore r underscore mckenna but obviously at Ben Dinnery or at Premier Injuries. And then you can check out our YouTube channel. We've got so much good content there uh, for Burnley listeners or anybody alike, whatever Premier League team you have, we have the injury updates, which are essential. We cut through any rumour, misinformation. We just give you the facts. Uh, and then there's also the website as well. We give some kind of longer read articles that's going to be coming out over the rest of the season. We've kind of revamped it and we've got some great ideas as well. So there's lots of good information, impartial stuff there, uh, whether that be about injuries, about, you know, talking points in terms of COVID or whatever in the Premier League. But for now, yeah, um, just tune in or subscribe, whatever you want to do. Excellent. Of course we will. Um, second on the list is obviously Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt for getting all of this produced, edited and out there for your ears. Um, and of course, the main man himself, our headliner, Dave Roberts, who puts in a phenomenal amount of work into the preview show to get your stats ready for you. Um, last but no means least to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the analysis team will be back on probably Tuesday, um, looking um, at what happened at the Emirates on Sunday and basically seeing what's been going on in the transfer window, see if we're any close to bringing in new players in, what's happening in the AFCON, what's happening with injuries, etc, etc. So do tune in for that. And then Dave and I will be back. Dave, when will we be back for the next preview show? That'll be next Friday? Uh, it's the one after, isn't it, for the yeah. Watford game? But again, Watford subject game. to any other games being scheduled, I suppose we have to wait and see for that, don't we? Definitely. We'll be back next week with a preview show. So do take care in the meantime. Look after yourselves and look after your others. Um, I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.